No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to the book of Ezekiel, where we see that because King Nebuchadnezzar received no payment for his siege of Tyre, God would give him Egypt as his reward. Egypt would fall and her people would be taken captive. We hope you join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Ezekiel chapter 29 on Simply the Bible. You know that God keeps the score and he keeps good records. He settles matters, he rewards his faithful servants, and he punishes those who oppose him. We see this played out in how God dealt with both Egypt and Babylon in ancient history. But it also reveals the confidence that we may have in him if we are doing his will as he has shown us in his word. But also how we should fear him if we are disobeying him. We continue today in Ezekiel chapter 29 verse 17. And it came to pass in the 27th year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, caused his army to labor strenuously against Tyre. Every head was made bald, and every shoulder rubbed raw. Yet neither he nor his army received wages from Tyre for the labor which they expended on it. Now, this is the latest prophecy in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is very clear about putting things in chronological order, but this is out of order. It was given in April 26, 571 BC, and he probably placed it here to show that King Nebuchadnezzar would fulfill God's prophecies against Egypt. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was God's instrument to bring judgment against the city of Tyre. He laid siege against this Phoenician coastal city for 13 years. But during this time, the navy of Tyre shipped the city's wealth elsewhere. So when Nebuchadnezzar finally conquered the city about a year before this prophecy was given to Ezekiel, he had no spoils to pay his army with. Ezekiel gives a graphic description of the Babylonian army suffering during this siege. Their heads were rubbed bare because of wearing helmets for so long, and their shoulders were raw from carrying wood and stone for building the siege works. Nebuchadnezzar and his men had worked hard for the Lord, but they received little payment. But, Anyone who works for the Lord does not need to worry about his paycheck because God will not be in debt to anybody. He has stated that the laborer is worthy of his wages. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15.58 saying, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, admittedly, sometimes it seems like it is in vain that we're doing stuff and we're not seeing any fruit from it. But God says, listen, you just do what I've told you to do. You be faithful to my word and I will take care of you in due season. Now, I can't tell you how many times 
that this verse in 1 Corinthians has encouraged me when I'm just simply not seeing the results. But God is a good employer. He pays on salary, not on commission. He rewards those who faithfully serve him. And if he would reward Nebuchadnezzar, who did not even know him, at least not at first, I believe later on he did, but if God would reward him, then how much more will he reward his own children who do his work? Galatians 6, 9 tells us that we should not grow weary while doing good because in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So your hair may be falling out, your shoulders may be aching, but God isn't done paying his wages quite yet. Verse 19, therefore, thus says the Lord God, surely I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He shall take away her wealth, carry off her spoil and remove her pillage. And that will be the wages for his army. I have given him the land of Egypt for his labor because they worked for me, says the Lord God. Now, God is sovereign in the kingdoms of men, and he gives them to whomever he chooses. It's hard for us to understand that sometimes when we see the political maneuverings going on, but God is ultimately in control. Now, Nebuchadnezzar probably thought it was his decision to go after Egypt to pay his army what he owed them, but God's hand was in it. He was drawing Nebuchadnezzar to Egypt so that he could pay Nebuchadnezzar his wages. In that day, I will cause the horn of the house of Israel to spring forth, and I will open your mouth to speak in their midst, and they shall know that I am the Lord. About 32 years after Ezekiel received this prophecy, Babylon fell to King Cyrus of Persia, and Cyrus then issued a decree allowing the Jewish captives in Babylon to return to Jerusalem which they did in 538 B.C. Now, this is probably what is referred to here. While Egypt would be conquered, Israel would be restored. Ezekiel was 30 years old in 592 B.C., according to chapter 1. So, he would have been 83 years old when Cyrus issued the edict to let Israel return to her land. Being an old man, he probably remained in Babylon. His name does not appear in any of the records of the exiles that returned to Israel. Now, God said that he would open Ezekiel's mouth to speak in their midst. The best explanation of this is that Ezekiel's spoken prophecies, which had at one time perplexed the people, would now become clear even as they were being fulfilled. Chapter 30, the word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Son of man, prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord God, Wail, woe to the day, for the day is near. Even the day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, the time of the Gentiles. The sword shall come upon Egypt, and great anguish shall be in Ethiopia when the slain fall in Egypt, and they take away her wealth, and her foundations are broken down. So this would be a day of the Lord. Now, that can be in a limited sense in which God brings judgment at a certain time. But of course, there is going to be the ultimate day of the Lord that occurs in the future when God judges all of the nations. But God was speaking here about the sword of Nebuchadnezzar coming upon Egypt, Ethiopia, Libya, Lydia, all the mingled people, Cub, and the men of the lands who are allied shall fall 
with them by the sword. Thus says the Lord, those who uphold Egypt shall fall and the pride of her power shall come down from Migdal to Syene. Those within her shall fall by the sword, says the Lord God. They shall be desolate in the midst of the desolate countries and her cities shall be in the midst of the cities that are laid waste. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I have set a fire in Egypt and all her helpers are destroyed. So all of Egypt and Egypt's helpers would fall by King Nebuchadnezzar's sword. Various places in Egypt are listed here. Now, Cush is Hebrew for Ethiopia, and it refers to present-day southern Egypt, Sudan, and northern Ethiopia. Lydia was on the west coast of Asia Minor. Cub, we don't really know the exact location, although some relate it to Libya. Migdal was the northern extremity of Egypt, which was in the Delta region, and Syene was the southern extremity of Egypt, which is known as Upper Egypt. So the people of Egypt would be desolate and all her cities would be laid waste and all of her helpers would fall as well. These who were mercenaries who were living in the land would also fall as a result of King Nebuchadnezzar coming in. And then God said, they will know that I am the Lord. They would come to fear him and know that there is no other God but the God of Israel. On that day, messengers shall go forth from me in ships to take the careless Ethiopians afraid and great anguish shall come upon them as on the day of Egypt, for indeed it is coming. And this would happen later as King Nebuchadnezzar would come against Egypt. All of this would occur as the Lord said. Thus says the Lord God, I will also make a multitude of Egypt to cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, he and his people with him, the most terrible of the nations, shall be brought to destroy the land. They shall draw their swords against Egypt and fill the land with the slain. I will make the rivers dry and sell the land into the hand of the wicked. I will make the land waste and all that is in it by the hand of aliens, I the Lord, have spoken." Listen, if God says he's going to do something, he is going to carry it out. Of that, you can be sure. We need to be very clear on that. God's given us amazing promises of good to those who trust in him and do his will, but also promises of judgment to those who don't. Thus says the Lord God, I will also destroy the idols and cause the images to cease from Noph. There shall no longer be princes from the land of Egypt. I will put fear in the land of Egypt. I will make Pathras desolate, set fire to Zoan, and execute judgments in No. I will pour my fury on Sin, the strength of Egypt. I will cut off the multitude of No, and set a fire in Egypt. Sin shall have great pain. No shall be split open, and Noph shall be in distress daily. So many of these cities throughout Egypt, Noph is also known as Memphis. This was the ancient capital of Egypt and a religious center where there were numerous temples built to the Egyptian idols. Pathros was a synonym for upper or southern Egypt. Zoan was in the Delta region. So you have both the extremes here. No was Thebes and Sin uh, is also known as Pelusium, the Delta region. 
God would permit total devastation of all of the land. The young men of Avon and Pibeseth shall fall by the sword, and these cities shall go into captivity. At Tehaphnehes, the day shall also be darkened when I break the yokes of Egypt there, and her arrogant strength shall cease in her. As for her, a cloud shall cover her, and her daughter shall go into captivity. Thus, I will execute judgments on Egypt, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Avon, mentioned here, is also known as Heliopolis. This was the city of the sun god and one of the oldest cities in Egypt. And Tehaphnehes is also called Tapanes. This was the famous frontier city to which Jeremiah was taken after the assassination of Gedaliah, the governor of Judah. So all of these cities would fall to King Nebuchadnezzar. What God says that he will do will surely come to pass. There was a day of the Lord for ancient Egypt where he judged her for her arrogance and for the way she mistreated Israel. But there is another day of the Lord coming where God will judge all the Gentile nations who have opposed him, who have rejected Jesus Christ, and who have come against his people, Israel. We can escape that judgment by choosing to submit our lives to Jesus Christ now, to trust in him, to receive his provision for our sins, and to willingly bow to be his subjects and servants. God keeps accurate records, and He faithfully rewards those who labor for Him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, Check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see where God would break the arms of Pharaoh and give him over to the king of Babylon. Egypt is compared to Assyria in a way that it would be cut down like a tree. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.